position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 347 of the best Linux games podcast, bitches. Being recorded for you on this Juneteenth, actually. Uh, Saturday, June 19th, 2021, 11.31 a.m. Left Coast, West Coast, Pacific Coast, L.A. Time Coast, with the most crack engineer, I over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. So, we will drink. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends, uh, 2021 20, 06 uh, 19 uh, 1131 um, we have a great show for you I've had my computer all week things been running so let's I've gotten to play a lot of good games this week so let's get straight to our top stories um, right now Steam is holding their uh, it seems like bi-quarterly Next Fest or whatever, which is where um, games that aren't yet available in early access in any form, some of them are playable as free demos, temporary demos. Um, but it's just a showcase for all the next best independent gaming stuff that's coming out uh, over the next 
you know, three months or so. Um, I haven't really plumbed too deeply into it uh, because, as you'll see, we I've had my ass. I have my ass up to my elbows, man. I'm the stallion, man. Ah, whiskey. I boy, you're fired. So, yeah. um, The Next Fest, Valve, Steam, Next Fest, runs uh, through... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it runs from the 16th to the 22nd, so there's still three days to check it out. I wonder if... Uh, I will be checking it out later on uh, tonight, because uh, I want to see if there's a new or another installment of, or what is going on with System Shock, because uh, that's where I first played the new reboot that's coming out. Um, I think this Christmas. At least it's slated to. I played that demo, which was awesome. It was exactly like the original, but completely updated in a way that was faithful and an improvement. Like, even if you remember some of the initial puzzles and stuff from the original, they're still there, but they've added other stuff on top of that, and I mean, I'm... what the world needs now is a system shock reboot. It better be faithful to the original, but it better be cool. That's fucking system shock. It's time for a game like system shock to once again be made and be played, not just by a new generation, but there's never been a game that's been better, really, than system shock. And very few people got to play the original because of the Bleeding Edge system requirements. And that was the first computer I bought with my money. It was three grand. It was the first computer. It was a Hewlett Packard. It was uh, including an NEC monitor. Not including the NEC monitor that I spent another $1,000 on, which I still have. And it kind of still works. Needs some degaussing. But uh, anyway, speaking of PC shit, mine is up and running. I eventually relented and rolled back to a different, an earlier kernel version, 5.4 something, um, and then manually installed the uh, 450.57 drivers from NVIDIA. Now, here's what I wanted to say about this last week that I didn't, I from the stuff I've heard on the Discord, um, did not quite come across. The big deal about these 10 days of horrifically wasted, you know, I mean, it ate 10 days of my life. I could not, not only could I not not use my computer, but it was the only thing I could focus on because it had to be fixed. And it took 10 days to fix. Now, the reason why this is notable is, yeah, no, I go back to fucking Mandarin. I go back to 1999, 1998, because I had my mom write me the check for Mandrake, because I didn't have a, or no, it had to be 97 then, because that was, yeah, I got my first job right around then. Anyway, I go back a long ways with Linux. I am, and then I go back, you know, I've been Linux only basically since Masamena since Ubuntu 8. Actually, since before, yeah, since Ubuntu 8, I went Linux only after Ubuntu 8. Um, 
I'm used to things not working. And I am completely, you know, this is part of Linux is Crunchbank stuff. But what I'm not used to is normally when I want to do Crunchbank stuff, I know that I'm doing it. You know, like, I know, okay, well, I'm going to fucking start playing around with, you know, this recent kernel and, like, these other, you know, bleeding-edge drivers or whatever, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to create, you know, backup and stuff or whatever I need to do, and I will be prepared psychologically for it to fail and for me to recover. The That's par for the course with Linux. I mean, you know, as you get better as the decades roll on, you avoid situations that are going to, you know, actually break your computer that you won't be able to fix easily, or you attempt to get better and better and better and better at them slowly, iteratively. Um, but that's the real skill of a system administrator. Um, and it's a, it's a skill. <laughs> but, um, so I'm used to that stuff. It wasn't that my computer got broken by some fucked up drivers that got pushed by NVIDIA that had a bad interaction with DKMS and whatever kernel version uh, Mint pushed right then at the same time. It's not that. It's that it was done through the Mint updater, which is supposed to be like stuff that is totally fine for your system. And it completely fucked me up. I mean, completely. I didn't lose any data or anything. I, you know, I did have to reinstall and I did lose 10 days. 10 days of my life is more important almost than any of the data that I could have lost. But anyway, uh, I relented and just manually, finally had to relent and do a manual install with a kernel that would play nice with the drivers. Um, and then I, I'm frozen at that kernel right now. Uh, I've been meaning to get back around to uh, trying to step slowly forwards through kernel and driver versions until I can get back to something. Uh, right now, there's, I mean, the performance is great on this machine. The stability is fantastic on this machine. Uh, every game that we're going to talk about runs fantastically on this machine. Um, but yeah, so the PC's up and running. One useful thing that I did learn that I did not know about, um, because I think I've let my subscription to Linux Journal, or, uh, Lin well, Linux Voice became whatever, whatever Linux magazine I that gobbled up all the other ones uh, that I used to subscribe to. I did not know about Time Shift, and one of the reasons why I didn't know about Time Shift is I basically wrote my own version of Time Shift, also using RSync, but mine is not as good as Time Shift. It's not as good. It's not as easy. Um, so if you have room for another SATA drive, just fucking throw one in there and like you know use that for your time shifts and stuff, and then you can have very efficient rolling backups I mean, I put mine on my array but, uh, which has been causing problems, and that's one of the reasons why I need to step forward through kernels, because right now, the ZFS array is being recognized in all sorts of ways by programs the files are fine, I don't run anything off of the array, the, the array is just storage, um but yeah, speaking of storage, there was a massive uh, CDN outage at the beginning of this week. Uh, Akamai, and then followed by another one from Akamai, which is crazy because anyone who knows you know anything about CDNs and Linux and BD BSD and 
you know, lots of other major services. I remember, if I remember correctly, Steam. Let's see if Steam still uses them. But anyway, there was a big outage. Uh, it was resolved pretty quickly, but it was a really bad outage. Let's see, where are your screenshots? Let's go here. Click on that. Yeah. Ivor, you're fired! Oh, no, now they, now they, now they run Cloudflare. But they used to run Akamai. Anyway, that was interesting to see two CDNs go down after all of these other critical parts of our infrastructure, physical infrastructure, like SCADA systems and stuff, have been probed and hacked and ransomwared. Interesting to see. It's hard to believe that it's a coincidence between all, you know, it's been an endless succession. They <laughs> it's bad news is what I'm trying to say but time shift is good news Ta- what time shift does is it allows you to create uh, even if you don't have ButterFS just by using rsync which you can do manually in fact you can write I, that's basically what my program did it was basically a cron job that called my script which was a backup manager for shuffling um, various uh, time phases of iterations of a set number of backup sets. So it was like a imitation of BSD, or actually of 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 the of uh, MW Lucas's uh, fucking uh, ZFS mastery, Tarsat mastery, all that stuff. His basic backup scheme, a la Alan Jude, at all. Um, but time shift does it so you don't need to know, you don't have to write all this shit yourself, and you don't really need to understand a lot of it. The bottom line is this, time shift lets you create a snapshot of your operating system as it is at that moment. And it doesn't store any of your data, you know, it's like, you know, your home directory or anything like that. It doesn't, like, you know, keep your pictures or your documents or anything. It just stores all the configuration files. So it can do this very quickly after you create an initial backup set, because rsync only syncs the changes. And so it can, you can set it to fire in a rolling, almost snapshot. That's what it is, more or less. That's what rsync, one of the things that rsync can be used for is to create rolling snapshots. Um, that you can step through. So, blah. What I what I've done with ZFS snapshots, which are faster and more efficient because it's not ButterFS, it's ZFS, and blah. The snapshotting there is fantastic, and the overhead is very small. The overhead on TimeShift is, you know, significantly greater, especially to create your first uh backup image. But after that, you can have it fucking do hourly snapshots along with daily and weekly and monthly and then uh, at boot which is always great and you can set how many of each you want to save and they're small because they only track the changes from the one initial thing and you can restore your entire system in more or less in place even from like a rescue disk by installing time uh, time shift you know in your live environment and running it from there and you, it, it it will search your drive and it will find the time shift images, all of which are located, you know, wherever you tell it to locate them. I created a partition for them um, because I don't want to ever have to worry about it again. Um, but ZFS right now is actually fucking with time shift. That's a different story. But time shift is great because it because it doesn't 
you have to have, you know, your your actual data on a separate partition. You know, if you're not partitioning, you know, like at least a home partition, then you need to start doing that now. I mean, it's 2021 and it was old news fucking 18 years ago. That's the only way to do it. Uh, not the only way. I mean, you know, there's always... You, you can, but you better have a good fucking reason not to have your home your home folder on its own partition. Uh more whiskey. But the, the great genius of this is that if like if I had known about time shift before the crunch bang from mint update happened, which is unacceptable. It is unacceptable that that I mean, you know, like, because that's the stuff that I sign up to blindly. Like, if I were an arch system, I'd be Pac-Man SYU. Let's imagine that just completely destroys your system. Although that's easier to imagine. This is even worse than that. Like, you didn't have to type. This is like the little icon in my system tray. Anyway, but if I had had Time Shift up and running, if I would known about it, that I would have been able to fall back to a backup, not of all my data, my data remains the same like, you know, like let's say I've been modifying a document or whatever and then I saved it and then, you know, the update applied and I rebooted and I was into fucked world of pain hell um then all I would have had to do is, you know, boot from a live disk, install time shift in the live environment run it, it would find all of my images and I could go back to literally you know, five, my system as it was, five minutes my system, it's only system files, it's only my, you know, root system and configuration that's really cool that's really really cool, cause it and that makes it small, compact and efficient enough to, and not just efficient enough from a storage perspective, but efficient enough um from a uh, a performance perspective for it to always be running in the background, you know, that's one of the you know, the shitty things, and it does take a long time, well, it took on a clean system, it took like five minutes to create my initial backup thing, but all that's gone, like I said, because ZFS is fucking with time shift it's also fucking with um RetroArch right now, which can't see my, I can't see that drive, which is weird. And TimeShift somehow seems to think that my array is part of root. But even that, even just like collecting all the hidden files and all the backups of hidden files, and which is why like I'm not using TimeShift. Anyway, the bottom line is this: TimeShift is fucking awesome, and I am this week I will get it fucking functional. It's great. Uh, although, because, like, that's the thing, like, with, like, uh, there, I tell this famous story of how ZFS saved my life when I was doing um, rigging and animations for one of my games. Um, as is oft the case, I ended up having 500 different Blender files open, all of mine, but all of different aspects of shit and blah 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 and changes that I made to the rigging and the inverse kinematics I made in one but then I ended ended up spending accidentally 
12 hours editing another. No, wait, that was that wasn't this time. Yes, it was this time. And then I accidentally copied over one of those files that I needed to not have copied over and that I had spent a month on doing and I can't remember if it was rigging or if it was if, if it was the animation but I was doing both at the same time and this was like my master file that couldn't should not be fucked with at all and I made all these changes and shit that's when ZFS saved my life because I have ZFS backing up everything and this is a data backup as a snapshot all changes to its array and that's where I keep my blender files so I can step back any change to a document like if it was if if I catch it within 10 minutes 30 minutes an hour I'm fine 10 hours 6 hours cuz it I have these rolling snapshots and they don't take up that much space at all I mean and they are super performant but that's ZFS time shift gets you as close to that as you're going to get without using ButterFS, which allows native snapshotting, but is still, you know, at what point do we accept a file system format uh, for being legit? You know, this is when ButterFS uh, came out like eight years ago, nine years ago, I guess. Um, that was like a big issue because EXT3 to EXT, or EXT2 to EXT4 took like 20 years because you want to make sure that the file system is stable, and there were lots of problems with ButterFS, which always built itself as you know, a workable but some still somewhat experimental file system, and you have to prove your file system in some way, and so ButterFS is basically, you could think of ButterFS as a hybrid almost of ZFS slash BSD style um, file system management and uh, extendable uh, self-journaling you know, EXT2 to EXT4. Can't believe we're up to EXT4. But so you gotta cut your teeth somewhere, but there have been, you know, issues with ButterFS. I, if I had thought of it, if literally, and I did think of it as soon as I finally reinstalled the system for the hundredth time, um, I thought about reinstalling it one more time and re- re- reformatting my uh, root partition as ButterFS, but I didn't know if anything would work to begin with, and this was after 10 days. It was a fucking 10 grueling days. Anyway, so that's all of that stuff, so time shift, check it out. PC up and running. That brings us to our new and noteworthy. I don't know if we have a feature, but we have three great games for you this week, and we'll be out of here in under an hour. Isn't that right? I will. You're fired! We'll be here till Christmas! All right. What are we waiting for, dude? Do it! The button, Ivor! Perfect! Oh. My. God. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! Alright, it is a rare... Yeah, I wore the button. Fucking... Jesus Christ. Anyway, no wonder you're fired! Our feature this week, we're calling it Three New Games. It's not our new and noteworthy. It's three games. Three really kick-ass games. 
Because it is a rare week indeed. Wow, try saying that five times fast after 16 shots of whiskey. Jesus. Can't even remember what I just said, but it was a tongue twister. Um, It's a rare week indeed. Yeah, try saying that. It's a rare week indeed. Fuck. The wire is wound around the wheel. Um, Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Unique New York. Uh where we get three games off of our master list of uh, games that need to come to... This has been running now for almost eight years. Our master list of games and or franchises that need to come to Linux and work as well and be a franchise that is as recognized and as is well as well beloved or a play alike thereof in order for Linux to be recognized as a truly legitimate gaming platform. Which, in all honesty, this list, there's, like, nothing left on it. Like, there's, like, there are, there's some things left on it. One of these days, I'll, I'll, I'll push it out. We'll do a whole fucking feature on the list when the list is, like, but the list also kind of, you know, evolves forever. Like, I didn't know that we needed Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront 2, but we got that. That was great. But, uh, anyway, three games this week, all three of these cross off one requirement on the list. And they're all really good games, and they run they run great. Uh, I was going to talk more about Days Gone, which runs phenomenally well on my system as it is. And if you don't know what that is, it's a 1080 Ti, um, 11 gigabytes, uh, I'm running Mint, 20 whatever, and... Uh, yeah, 450.57 for my NVIDIA drivers and uh, 5.4 let's see, you name you name R 5.458 generic which is, it's no the kernel, sir, I was just about to clear them runs great all these run great hmm but Days Gone has gotten so out of control for me. Like, I, I, I could literally spend the rest of today playing Days Gone. I spent like eight hours playing it last night. Um, that game is phenomenal. Look for a review in the near future. It's not on sale or anything. It's 50 bucks. But it is one of the best games I've ever played in my life, I think, so far. We'll see how it ends. We'll see if they can land it. I'm 50 hours in. But, we're not here to talk about Days Gone, because we've spent enough time talking about Days Gone in previous episodes and then not having episodes for two fucking weeks while my computer was fried. So I bring to you three new games. Yes, this is my Anthony Newley speaking. Why so sad? Poor Punchinello. Laughing at fate. Um, First off, and each one carries with it a certain disclaimer or description. First off, I hate the Warhammer universe. This is like, and I've analyzed this, why is this um, over the course of this week? And I've determined that when Warhammer came to the United States, 1980, Warhammer, by the way, is the, I can't remember what Wikipedia said it was, but it's like the largest selling figurine based role playing strategy game of all time or whatever board game of all time um 
when Warhammer was released in like 1980, I was zero years old. By the time I went started going to comic book shops, though, it was like eight years later, Warhammer had exploded in the US. And all of these cool looking mechanized robotic pewter cast fucking die cast models that you had to paint and shit were in comic book stores, which is where I went. I went to comic book stores for the comics, not for the... Because I had no friends, because I lived in Las Vegas, which I lived in the middle of nowhere back then. Um, Literally, well, I won't bore you with stories of old Las Vegas, but uh, where the center of town is now didn't have a road, and that's where I grew up. I was 10 years old when they put in a stoplight at what is now one of the busiest intersections in the entire city. Um, I remember when, I remember thinking that we had, like, advanced to a new era of bold progress when not a bank, not a 7-Eleven, but a single standalone automatic teller machine for one bank and only that bank was installed at the corner of Rainbow and Sahara which was desert there was nothing there I remember when we got our first 7-Eleven um, so there were there was no there were no other kids but anyway so I spent a lot I spent some time in comic book shops spent most of my time in the library actually but um comic book shops were second best, riding bikes and stuff, third best physical activity, I don't know it sucked deeply troubled child, no I'm kidding (laughs) um and there would be these awesome badass cool looking little figurines that you could buy and they all said Warhammer and they all look like giant mechs and shit. But they weren't Mech Warrior and they and Mech Warrior sucked. Or Robotech sucked. It was lame. I thought it was lame. I thought all of that stuff was lame. Because I had no friends. There was no one to play with. Um, and so it was lame. But beyond that it was also really expensive. And you had to be able to paint and I never, I still don't understand why that's like a fixation. I'm gonna buy a thing that's really expensive, and I'm gonna buy a lot of them, and I need like a hundred million of them. These little fucking pewter figurines that were like outrageously expensive back then. And then you had to paint them? Fuck that! You know, I have to oh, then we get to play a game? Oh, wow. Sign me up to never. Um, but now that I'm old and boring, I can look back on, you know, I, like I've designed miniatures uh, and I've 3D printed them and I've painted them <laughs> um, for myself and for other people. None of mine are very good. It's hard to really do good miniatures. But anyway, the bottom line is that is the origin of my hatred of war, the Warhammer universe which exploded like a cum shot into your brain skull uh, around 2004 with its first video game offerings and has gained popularity and increasing popularity in alarming exponential 
form over the intervening years such that it seems like not a fiscal quarter goes by without some new fucking overpriced shitty installment of a half-baked Warhammer Universe aspect spin-off video game is released to, you know, ostensibly hordes of eager throngs. Now, the second reason why I hate the Warhammer Universe is that none of these games, one, they've basically predominantly been focused on either real-time strategy or some form of strategy, and I hate strategy games, because I I lack the capacity for strategic thought due to the fact that I'm mostly 100% drunk all the time that or I'm you know murdering people with a chainsaw which is more fun you know running around a map is more fun than you know fucking trying to deal with real time strategy you know in a far flung universe that I don't, whose elaborate history, 20 fucking four years on, not only do I not understand, I have nothing but disdain for. Beyond that, these games have never run well on Linux. That I mean, the, all the ones that I've tried, I've given them a fair shake. Um, back when I used to get review copies, when I wrote for the paper, it was a different story. I would play those games, and then I just would never write about them, because they sucked. I did not like them. I thought that they were lore-heavy at best, um, inscrutable at worst, and, you know, fucking more strategy. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I need this. I need this like a hole in my fucking head. Then, none of them, when I made the full switch to only Linux, it's the only system that I game on. It's the only fucking operating system I run. I mean, I that I have a thing that controls my my plotter, and I have, uh, my studio still runs a Windows machine, but those are not involved with any of my day-to-day computing up to and including my gaming and the production of this podcast. So, it's a point of pride, because it's been a lot of years now. Um, but when once I started doing this podcast, and games for Warhammer Universe kept coming out, even on Steam and stuff, that wouldn't run on Linux, it makes it very easy to... When you already hate something a lot for, like, your whole life, you know, blah, it makes it very easy to discount ever liking it at all in any way, shape, or form, or being induced to like it in any way, shape, or form before the day you die when they spit on you. Like, Oh, you're so big, Warhammer. You can't fucking make your games Linux compatible. Fuck you. You know, because it's not like they're a tiny studio or whatever. It's not like, and you know, not that Warhammer itself develops its own games. Like they farm them out to various. Anyway, the days come where I have found a Warhammer game that I, not only do I like, but I think is one of the coolest games that I've played this year. I don't know if it's one of the best games, but it is definitely one of the coolest. And it is called Necromunda. Uh, Necromunda Hired Gun. Uh, it's a first person shooter, so it's nothing like anything, any of the other Warhammer games that I've, I've played. You play as like a human sized human guy, half robot, 
half-human bounty hunter on Necromunda. And the cool thing is, I don't know shit about any of this stuff. It does have lore, it's pretty heavy with the lore, but you don't need to know or understand any of it because it's your bounty hunter. It's pretty simple. It's like, okay, I go kill people. The graphics in this game, the geometry in this game, it looks like someone, it looks like 27 developers just took all of their Blender and Maya models that they've done, like, either for other games or as a hobby, or for their own games, or just, like, to model something, because that's what we do a lot when we're not working, is we just fucking fucking make a giant walking talking penis. Um... Or, like, let's make an entire city that explodes into paperclips, and then, you know, we have, like, a fucking helicopter. That's my... Those are my... I, I got, like, a thousand... I got, like, tens of thousands of Blender files that I've made over the last, like, four years. Looks like 27 developers took all of their, you know, various tens and tens of thousands of uh, Blender files, and, like, just slammed all of that geometry into one game. It is so detailed... It is ridiculous. And the graphics are phenomenal. And what you get with this game is just like a blood and thunder murder festival. Open-ended murder festival with strong role-playing... Not strong. With minor role-playing game elements. Strong inventory and equipment-based elements. All in this delicious first-person shooter thing with, you know, the pretense of a plot. And the environments are magnificent. A magnificent. I mean, breathtakingly stunning. The firefights are great. Your moves and skills are really are really cool and effective. Um, and the game presents you. It's it's like an arcade first person shooter style hitman meets Skyrim in the Warhammer universe. The way I... I, That sounds insane, but that's actually kind of accurate. It's really good and incredibly pretty. Now, I do have some performance problems in this game, um, like when I'm entering into a firefight, but I don't know if that's a Linux problem. Other thing is, I have to run this using uh, Glorious Egg Rolls uh, Proton 6.9 GE1 not 2 2 came out last week 1 will get this running hopefully for you on your system same thing with our next game 6.9 GE1 and 6.3 hyphen 4 with a uh, custom DXVK thing or 6.9 uh, or Proton Experimental. Those are the, the three go-tos now, by the way. If you're trying to get a game to run, those are the three uh, versions of Proton that I try before panicking. Um, 6.9 GE1 makes Necromunda actually run. Um, and from what I've read on ProtonDB, uh, people have also experienced minor performance problems. The biggest performance problem that I've experienced, it's not a performance, it's a stability issue, is in the menus, the game has a tendency to crash. Um, which is not a game breaker, it's just a game interrupter 
game has an autosave thing anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a universe, it's a world, it's, it's a game universe. An exquisite detail, amazing lighting effects, and the firefights are great. And so it, it reminds me of like a lot of like dark forces almost, but stupider with cross like Devil May Cry in a first person kind of uh, uh, bullet storm esque serious Sam. Doom, it makes Doom Eternal look like a raggedy piece of shit in terms of the amount of geometry and detail they have in this game. And I say that without pause hesitation and Doom Eternal is one. We gave it game of the year last year. So there you go. That's Necromunda, which by the way, it's not on sale. It's I think 40 bucks. Yeah. $39.99 Necromunda hired gun. Check it out. Especially if you have a, a good enough computer to run it. Like, I would say you need some serious fucking 3D acceleration if you want to see all of the lighting effects. The It has um, ambient occlusion in uh, 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 volumetric particle fields. So, like, you have this smoke that, like, has, like, um, like, billows of smoke that have, like, molten steel being poured from giant you know, casting things into, like, molds, and the molten steel looks like it's fucking molten steel and sparking and flying through, and it's, like, illuminating the volumetric, uh, stuff in the, it's, it's, it's illuminating the particles in the volumetric steam and fog and smoke and shit. Ah, oh, it's so cool. And your guns and all the details, it's, 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 it's a visual feast of carnage. They could have done better on some of the stealth kill animations, but anyway, and it also lets you find, basically figure out how the fuck you want to handle anything. Do I want to, I mean, you're going to kill everybody, but like, how do I want to do it? Because like, you have endless options. That game's cool. And checks off the Warhammer ever being included in a game that I like on Linux off that list. Um, next, one of my favorite games of all time, uh, back when I wrote for the paper, was an underrated game, vastly underrated game that was groundbreaking in many different ways. Actually, like, four different ways. It's called True Crime Streets of L.A., where you play Nick Kang, this action hero cop, but it was like Miami Vice type of police work, but it was complete free will. Also notable for being the only game that I I'm pretty sure the only game ever that Christopher Walken uh, uh, did voiceovers for. That game was amazing. The other big, the reason why it was so amazing was it was the first game ever to just digitize an entire city. It's like 300 square miles of LA from fucking Inglewood to Malibu. And it just incorporated all the streets rendered every major build, most major buildings, and you could learn to drive in LA based off of this game. It took about an hour to drive from one side of the map to the other if you had the fastest car, didn't get into any accidents, and uh, only took the freeway. About five hours on surface streets. It's an amazing game. Free-flowing, procedurally generated random encounters where you have to observe well you didn't have to you could break all the rules and that was the great thing you were a cop but you're a plainclothes you know vice detective 
So you could stop and frisk anybody if you wanted to. You could arrest people. It took me 40 hours in that game before I realized that when you're in a high-speed chase with a DUI guy, um, you know, not a story mission, that you're not just supposed to fucking lean out of your fucking death car cruiser going 130 miles an hour in a residential area in a school zone at, like, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Lean out while you're still pedal to the metal with your Kimbo fucking scoped magnums and then just put one bullet in their fucking gas tank and blow them up. No, you're supposed to actually, you know, shoot out their tires, then pit maneuver them, then pull them out of the car. If there's a fight, there's a fight. If there's a foot chase, there's a foot chase. If there's a combination of the two, whatever. Eventually, if you have to shoot them, you shoot them in the leg. You put them in cuffs. You wait for the paddy wagon, etc. This game was so great because it introduced lots of the basic mechanics of police work. Basic patrol police work, like random calls. Because there's a whole Big Trouble in Little China story to uh, True Crime Streets of L.A., Underrated game, vastly underrated game. Well, police simulator, patrol officers, which is 10% off at $22.49 through June 24th. That's not a big discount. It's just the price that it is right now. It's about 23 bucks. Is a completely procedurally generated. The, the maps are not. The traffic, everything else, all the pedestrians are procedurally generated, highly detailed, normal beat cop shit. It's an early access, but this game is awesome. And it is the best police game I've ever played already. And it's not phenomenal yet, but these guys work closely with the community and they push out updates all the time and they are very serious about this game. All you have to do is get sucked into reading the manual, the police manual, once you, you know, get in the game. Like, the level of detail is ridiculous and it's great it's phenomenal and it makes it fun like um i'm you know i'm i'm uh, i was on parking patrol so i'm fucking giving out tickets for you know i'm i'm ruining everyone's fucking mondays what i'm doing i'm giving out parking tickets for expired meters for expired plates for parking too close to the curb parking too far from the curb parking on the sidewalk uh parking in a taxi stand i'm towing people's cars um I, you know all this shit and it's it actually becomes very fun uh, because the way the game works is you have a shift that's 20 minutes long you have to work 5 days a week you can skip any day you can skip a day twice 20 minutes is a full work shift in the game there are all different types of shifts and you can pick which area of town you want to be situated in. Once you unlock all areas of a district, you get a squad car. I don't have a squad car yet, but I do have a radar gun, I have a gun, I have, which I don't know how to, I've shot someone in the face. But the cool thing is, you have a demerits, you have a, a conduct point system. You start off with 100 points at the start of your shift. Everything that you fuck up, like if you jaywalk against a red light that you can see, you lose like five conduct points because you're breaking the law yourself if you stop and frisk someone without any probable cause you lose conduct points because you're violating their fucking fucking rights motherfucker you fucking asshole more whiskey Um, so it's very detailed doing accident minor vehicle accident responses 
is fantastic because you get to walk through all of the stuff. You have to interview both drivers. You have to figure out who, if someone's drunk, if both people are drunk. Then you have to figure out, like, are, you know, are they high? What are they high on? You have to check their licenses and their insurance, and you have to take pictures of the scene. And if you arrest anyone, you have to put them in handcuffs, send them over by the curb, and then and call in a fucking uh, uh, a paddy wagon, or you can let them go, or you can issue them a citation, or you can let them off with a warning, or you can tow all their cars, or you know, and you have complete discretion as to what you do. But the handbook is very detailed. It's also very very realistic. Um. The game is still very much in early access. I get, I constantly get killed by being hit by cars. If a car hits me in the side of my knee, I go down, I lose the whole day and have to start again from the beginning of the day. Which sucks. Really sucks. Especially like when you, because you don't get the points. Oh, and by the way, every time you do something good, that's either by the book, what is prescribed, what you should have done, but the game isn't like a um, a binary choice thing, it is it's up to you how you handle a lot of this shit, uh, and a lot of it happens, all the traffic system is completely uh, procedurally generated, and it's a system, so like cars get into accidents and like you can fucking pull the people out of the car and fucking and you know figure out who the fuck you want to you know how you want to handle it all this shit it is so cool it's buggy as hell um i've i've walked out of the police station to fall through the floor for eternity <laughs> saying that i'm AOL um i've also the last uh last tutorial thing that i've been doing and the tutorial's in line with your shifts, which is great. It explain the interface is phenomenal. You can do really complicated things procedurally, like in terms of like you know, um, interact with the car is all you have to do if you want to ticket someone or tow it. Then you select, you know, if you select ticket, then you have like this wheel of like seven different sub menus that are all all iconized, easy to remember easy to read descriptions underneath them um and then you can, you know, like, well what type of ticket do you want to fill out, you know, blah accident reports are really cool because it's your first like real work is detecting-ish because like one of the things is like uh it has when when you're investigating a, a minor accident or whatever a fender bender you have a whole chapter in the handbook on on what the fuck you're supposed to do, and each thing there's not a set number of bars, but like there's these bars that you can fill up by doing the right things and handling the accident like the right way, but it's not a cut and dry thing. Like, to give you an example, you don't have to give an accident report to both uh, people in the accident. You get more points if you do, but you don't have to. And it's an easy thing to forget. And you can also end up arresting people who get taken away before you can do that. Or you might, you know, not inv- not talk to, uh, not check the insurance appropriately. Or maybe you, f- maybe you gave them a DUI test, but you didn't give them a fucking drug test. 
and you wrote them up for DUI even though they blew zero zero zero, but you knew that they were on amphetamines because you found them on them because they wouldn't make eye contact with you when you check their ID and their insurance. It's really cool and it's really fast paced and it's really relaxing until you die which sucks. Dying sucks in this game. Also, shooting sucks, but you eventually get so powerful that you have great leeway in terms of what you can do and what rules you choose to respect and which ones you choose to break and who you choose to punish for what, when, and why. Very cool fucking game. Early access, but that game is... Police Simulator Patrol Officers is going someplace. It already is the best uh, police simulator ever made you know, like um, not police simulator uh, police game APB might be the best of all time, but that was car only and I don't even have a car yet so finally, uh, one last game and then we'll get the fuck out of here, cheers, more whiskey I vote you're fired this gets an honorable mention because it is the most bizarre fucking game I've played in a long time if you, like me, like to get really stoned and drunk and fucked up late at night while you howl at the moon and contemplate the abysmal failure that has been your wasted life, masturbating slowly into a Dixie cup while you read all the other why? No, um... If you like to get fucked up and then play a game that blows your mind, like, really just, like, wow, you're fucking crazy... I give you Cruelty Squad which my only note for this game is what the fuck is this game? I played like I played an hour of it it gives me a headache instantly and then starts to drive me completely insane and that's when I'm sober when I am high this game is absurd it is currently a cult hit I don't know if, if it's a goof or not, but I will investigate. It is $17.99. It looks like a first-person shooter, but designed as if to be intentionally disgusting in every way, like from the color palette to, like, the low-res graphics, the unreadable fonts, to the horrible icons, to the miserable environments that are insane, surreal, and awesome all the way through to like the reload system which is like a challenge it challenges you to be able to reload your gun which actually is really it it starts to become really fun we'll get to the bottom of this game and more next week on Can Anonymous Merc and Forget Mercy Hump and Find True Happiness cheers that's our show I will catch you next week happy Juneteenth everybody thanks for listening A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one.
You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada e. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.